Hi, good morning. This is Jason Faisal, lead pastor at Casper Alliance Church. And this is the fourth installment of my time filling in for Meet the Day. I hope you've enjoyed this week. This is the fourth teaching uh, in the Sermon on the Mount that we've done at Casper Alliance Church here in Casper. We are working through that uh, study this summer, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Uh, I hope that you've had a, a good time journeying with us this week as we've uh, looked at different texts and even been challenged by the words of Jesus. And like, I'm going to repeat it again. I've repeated it for three days in a row. These are difficult passages for Jesus' followers to hear. These are difficult passages for the first century and the 21st century. And Jesus is getting after our heart and saying, who does your heart belong to? In this particular teaching time, we looked at oaths and some of those passages about turning the other cheek, things that we've heard before. If somebody slaps you in the face, turn the other cheek and give them the other cheek to smack. And you're like, oh, I don't I really want to do that. I share a couple of stories uh, during this teaching time about um, my family and even just uh, exposing and being transparent before our church and saying how, the, how these verses impact my soul and how they're struggles for me. It's difficult. It is so difficult to love our enemies, to, to pray for those who persecute. Uh, it's, it's difficult to, to, to be able to take a punch in the face from someone and go, yep, yeah, I love you and I'm going to continue to pray for you. And, and in fact, let me turn the other cheek. It's hard to have, uh, have people take advantage of you. And so uh, this is a challenge. This is a challenge for us, and, and I continue to work through it personally. But ultimately, uh, Jesus is really, again, opening up the, the shirt, grabbing the heart, and saying, who does this belong to? Does this belong to you, or does, the, does this heart belong to me? And that's what Jesus is looking for is for those who follow him. I hope you enjoy this teaching. Verse 33, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord and what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is on the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of great kings. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. Has anybody said, I swear on my mother's grave? Anybody said that in their lifetime? I swear on my mother's grave. I mean, I do a thing with Caleb and Carter every now and again. And when they're, I'm asking them a question, and then I don't quite trust the answer that they're giving me, and I go, swear on your mom's life or swear on my life and I'm like I'm hoping to pull at their strings just enough to where they go there's no way I would lie about this and then what they say next I'm like yeah but that's such that's so wrong of me to do because what I'm asking actually asking my boys my 15 year old and my 12 year old to do is exchange their exchange their integrity to be propped up by something else I'm actually inviting them into exchanging their personal integrity for my life. That's a ridiculous behavior as a father to ask them to, to exchange that. Their integrity should be their integrity. And I should not manipulate that to better fed out the truth in their life. And this is what Jesus is attacking against. He's saying don't exchange your integrity for somebody else's and that somebody else's integrity, that they maybe are worthwhile. And he's, that's why he brings up Jerusalem, or he brings up an oath over the head, or even, even heaven. There are holes in all of our character. 
We all have holes in our character. And when we make oaths, we're exchanging their integrity for our holes. And there's really only one thing that can be exchanged for our holes in our character. And that, again, that is the person of Jesus Christ and his work in you. So that's why Jesus says simply, yes, yes, no, no. Be okay saying no. Don't lie about it and don't try to prop up your integrity so that you look better in front of other people. My kingdom people will be honest and they'll have integrity because when they say yes, they mean yes. When they say no, they mean no. And they're never going to use anything else around them to make themselves look better. Verse 38, you have heard that it is said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard, verse 43, that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. This is a powerful statement. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be what? Sons of heaven. You may be partakers in the kingdom. You may, you may have relationship with God the Father. Thanks, Jesus, for the hard way to live. Because it's really fun for me to be angry at my enemies. In fact, I don't even want to be friends with my enemies. I felt like a lot of conviction this week as I've studied through it and talked about it. I, I confessed some stuff to my wife um, in our marriage, which was good, I think, for us. I, um, I don't know if my parents are listening. If they hear it, they hear it. Um, I called my sister this week, FaceTimed with her, and confessed some anger that I have towards some family members. And this was hard for me this week because... As I unpack the scripture in my own life, I'm realizing, wow, I do a great job of, of living this fun little whitewashed tomb that we talked about a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night in our Bible study. That I'm living so that people will see the good works in me, the city on the hill, the light that shines before men. But as I, as I really began to unpack the scripture, I started to see all those flaws that I currently have. And I, living in a way in which I'm trying to show before other men that I'm doing things right. But at the inside, the soul level, where Jesus is really beginning to attack and get after, as you, as you look at the scriptures, Jesus is trying to dig in and, and say, what is your heart saying about you in real life? I felt like, like the Spirit of God was grabbing a hold of my heart and going, does this beat for me or does this beat for you? Does this beat for me? Or is it beat for you? Are you living in a way to where you're marching to my beat or to your own so that you look better before men? And so, yes, there's times where, where you start, you have to encounter those things. And that's what sanctification is about. And this is what this, is, this entire section of, of all of these things that Jesus is attacking 
is, is, is getting at the whole level to start the, the, the heart level to say, I'm going to impact and, and dive into your heart to see if you are truly followers of me. Because in my kingdom and in my people, this is how we're going to live. We're going to love our enemies. We're going to elevate women. We're gonna, we all are going to have dignity. We're not going to dehumanize anybody. We're not going to do anything out of selfish ambition and in a way that elevates us above the other. We're just not going to live that way. And at the core of this, it's all about relationship. Jesus is calling his disciples to be new and different human beings. We are invited as followers of Jesus to live out this struggle. And this is why I, I confess those things before you and say, I struggle too with this. Live out this struggle in a community, the church. A place where we can openly discuss and talk and wrestle and challenge and confess and, 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 and admit and, and pray and care for one another as we are encountering the Spirit of God that's convicting our soul and comforting our soul. And here's what happens in the church so much. We lend towards guilt and not conviction. And guilt, guilt is from Satan. And it's hard to determine between the two sometimes. They look identical. And the church emphasizes guilt. And what happens with guilt? Guilt, the next step is shame. And when shame happens, what do we do with God? Adam and Eve do when they felt shame. They hid. They hid from God. They hid from, the, they hid from any sort of accountability in the relationship. But conviction Conviction, where you receive forgiveness, brings about freedom. And freedom is where relationships thrive. To where we can admittedly, in front of each other, say, I'm sorry, and I need you to forgive me, and here's where I failed, and here's where I screwed up, and here's where I've not dignified you, and here's where I've made you an object, or here's where I've called you a fool, or here's where I've made my integrity look better than it actually is. Here's where I've done these sort of behaviors, and I'm sorry, and that's what the church is designed for, for us to work out these struggles with one another. And only there where Jesus lands and meets our failures with his love and forgiveness so that we can be restored. Only there in the church. Only there. See, Jesus, again, is building a community of different types of human beings. People who love differently, people who live differently, people who've had the word, the law, on their heart so that they're transformed. If you've been following along for this week with working through the Sermon on the Mount with me and my church, Casper Reliance Church, um, this is the big landing point for us. This is one of the, the most critical things that I think we can take away from the Sermon on the Mount. And I guess it has three steps as I kind of wrap it up. And I said it when, in my teaching time, but I'm going to say it again to you. There's, there's three things. One, it's critical to have just meaningful, deep relationships with one, one another. Two, those relationships exist within the church family. And three, we have to be able to, to discern between conviction and guilt. So meaningful relationships. It, you're not designed to be alone. You're designed to work out all of these struggles and the things that we feel and the good things, the bad things, the, the easy things, the hard things, the joys and the pains with a community. And that community was created as the church. 
So if you're going to take away any challenge from me from this week, from these four teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, take away this. You need a church family to be with. You need a church family to engage and You need a church family to join. And as much as we love to listen and be taught and hear pre preachers preach and, uh, and all the great teachers that are out there and, and watching YouTube or listening to the radio, you still need a community to be a part of. At Casper Alliance Church, one of our core values is without meaningful relationships, you're wrecked. Everything that we work out in our church is about relationships. We have to dig into relationships. And that's why this beautiful thing that God created for us to live in, the church, is designed for us to take all of, all, all of those struggles, bring it together, and work it out in community. Because it's the only place where we all understand forgiveness. It's the only place where we all understand that, that we need Jesus to save our souls. It's the only place where grace is given uh, freely and distributed freely to one another. It's the only place on earth where we can have hard conversations and still be in deep relationship, in love with one another, caring for each other's burdens, caring for each other's needs, caring for each other's soul. And this is what Jesus, again, is doing. So if you take anything away from me this whole entire week of Meet the Day, you need to be in relationship in the church. It is critical. It is mission critical. Do not waste another weekend. Find a church. There are so many great churches out there in this town and in your communities in, in central Wyoming. We have churches all over. We have pastors who would gladly embrace you and, and, and just want to, want to take care of you and be a part of your life and, and introduce you to people. So that's my challenge for you. Get involved in church. Be at a church. I'm going to pray that for you today. Thank you for joining me on, on this teaching time uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for all of the people out there listening today. Lord, I pray that they hear that one challenge to get engaged into a church family, that, that you've designed each one of us to be in relationship, a relationship with you and relationship with each other. And through that relationship with you, we're able to live out the relationship with one another in a, in a way that allows for us to grow and change and be transformed because you're present and active in the church. Your spirit is moving us closer and closer and conforming us more and more like you. So we're able to, we're able, Lord, to, to, to have these struggles with one another. So Lord, challenge the hearts of everyone listening to engage deeply in their church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a great day.